or the last several weeks, we have been dealing in the subject of the power of agreement. The power of agreement. New covenant faith. Faith from a new creation viewpoint. So we have been looking at faith from a New Testament, New Covenant viewpoint. Um, and just let me say this, has everything we've heard about faith been incorrect? Absolutely not. But however, there are yet more pieces to this puzzle. And what I mean by that, and let me say this as a young youth, we used to enjoy putting puzzles together. And one of the mistakes about puzzles is that a lot of the pieces will look the same in certain spaces. It will look like the, the shape looks just like the piece, but if it's not the right piece, you can force the wrong piece in the wrong spot. And I'm saying that to say a lot of what we have been taught about faith has been pieces that were forced into a spot that looked like it fits, but it didn't fit. Are you with me? So, and I'm saying that to say much of what has been taught about faith has been from the presumption that we live by our faith. Being that there's something that we must do as believers, as new creation, that's beyond, listen to this, what Jesus has already done in order for us to have faith. I said again, much of what has been taught about faith or delivered to us in the realm of faith has been delivered with the presumption or the assumption that there's something that we must do on our own that's beyond what Jesus, listen to this, has already done. Now, our part as new creations in Christ is to just come into agreement with what Jesus has already settled or finished. In other words, I'm just agreeing with what's already settled. And proof of that agreement is reciprocated, watch this, is reciprocated by our corresponding actions. In other words, when, when I believe this in-birth persuasion from Jesus, proof that not only I believe that and receive it and walk in that and live from his faith, proof of that will be demonstrated through my works or my actions. Not my works as of being justified by faith, but no, we're justified by faith, but not my works as being justified if I do a bunch of keeping commands. No, works in terms of good deeds. I'm going to live like Christ lived. I'm going to speak like Christ speaks. I'm going to treat others like Christ speaks. Those are the works, and I, I, and I know I won't have time to get in, into it today, that James talked about. So we have even, again, mistaken that works is something that we do to be justified. 
Now, Old Testament faith, and just allow me to give you a little review, but Old Testament faith was a justification by performing the works of the law. It's a little lower, son. Thank you. The Old Covenant faith was a faith, watch this, it was a faith in God, but it was a faith that was justified before God by performing the works or the requirements or the demands of the law. New Testament faith is a justification by believing in the finished works of Jesus. So, and just let me say this. Even in the old covenant, man was never to live by his faith. We, we refer to Habakkuk 2.4. Again, God is responding to Habakkuk's concerns. And in succinct, the Lord was letting him know that the wicked trust in themselves, the proud. But the just shall live by his faith. What do you mean? His faith, the just live by faith in God, whereas man or the one who disregards God trusts in himself, but the just lives by faith in God. So it's, it, it has ne- at no point in time were we ever to not trust in God. Our faith has always been and should always be in God. Now, and to prove that, we've seen throughout this teaching that in Hebrews 11, go there, Hebrews 11, 39 and 34, we see the testimony of patriarchs of old, how they were great men and women of faith, and God was pleased with their faith, yet he has something better in store for us. Let me read Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. What was that promise? God having provided something better for us that we should not be made perfect apart, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. That promise, that better, that, that better portion was Jesus the Christ. It was the redemption or the redemptive work of Christ justifying man before God, putting man right back where he was before the fall. Deemed justified, not guilty in the presence of God. So Jesus is our better, that that better, or Jesus is that promise that those of old were waiting on. And now watch this. And when we live from that inbirth persuasion, it brings testimony to those who were waiting on it that, yes, this is the promise that was to come. Now. I want to say this, and, and we're going to get, and the more I meditate on this throughout the days and God ministers to me, he, he's, just, he's constantly, constantly reminding me 
of just how much we need to stay right here for a moment. Because you can be so deeply indoctrinated with a belief that even in the proof of truth, the presence of truth, the revelation of truth, you still cling to or hold to the wrong beliefs. There was a time in the gospel where Jesus made mention of when you know, the religious people were wondering why the disciples wasn't doing what they do. Like they do this and you say they do this and they didn't clean their hands and this and that. And Jesus, you know, he said, listen, man, the traditions of men have made the word of God to be of none effect. In other words, man can say something. Man can hand down something. And, and, and it's done so long that even in the face, face of truth, people believe man rather than God. And again, everything that we have been taught about faith has not been incorrect. But at the same time, as new creation believers, we have to begin to look at faith from the viewpoint of a risen Savior. <laughs> from a finished work. Why are we still working if Jesus did the work? Now, three things that hinders manifestations are heaven's promised blessings. Three things, and I would try to hit, hit on those as much as I can today, but three things Holy Spirit ministered to me about that hinders manifestations from, or, or new creations from, hit, from receiving manifestations. Guilt. Guilt, condemnation, and misinformation. Guilt, condemnation, and misinformation. Being misinformed, the wrong information can hinder you from receiving God's promised blessings. Now, write those down. Again, Three things that hinders. That's why sometimes you see people when something uh, negative happens or they meet opposition or persecution, they immediately begin to repent over stuff that happened 25 years ago. Stuff that God has already forgiven them for. They immediately start feeling like, well, perhaps, I, listen, in this world, you're going to have tribulations and troubles. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Many are the affliction of the righteous, what? But God delivers them out of them all. Just because opposition comes doesn't mean that you are not right or justified before God. The enemy, again, he will use people, places, and things to try to disrupt your faith. Now, our foundational text for this is found in Hebrews 10:23. Let's read that. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Now I want to give you, I just want to reiterate 
the biblical definition of faith or biblical faith. And we have been stating, listen, let's look at the word. Let's not go on. Let's not go off what we've heard. Watch this without foundational truths. Let's use the word of God to prove what we are proclaiming. New creations in Christ, we live from his. That's Christ in birth persuasion. In other words, what Jesus did, it satisfied the Father. It, he finished his work, everything. And listen, Jesus, you being redeemed is more than you just being saved and get to go to heaven. No, you have been redeemed from the performance of or demands or uh, laying hold to certain days and sacrifices. And Why? Because Christ, all of those things were a shadow of the substance, which was Christ who came. So we have been delivered from more than just missing hell. Are you with me? But it's a, an in-birth persuasion. We said that word faith is the Greek word pistis. And it simply means, listen to this, it's conviction, persuasion, moral beliefs. And they are convictions for Bible faith now. They're convictions or persuasions or beliefs that's from God. They're always a gift from God. It's not something, Bible faith, listen to this, is not something that we can produce on our own. It's something that comes from God. This is the, the, the Greek definition. So for the believer, pistis is God's divine persuasion. And therefore distinct from human belief. See, human belief wavers. God does not waver. It's God's design, excuse me, it's God's divine, that is, persuasion, distinct from human belief or confidence, yet involving it. What do you mean distinct, yet involving it? When God persuades me, when I hear that word and conviction come, now there needs to be a response on the behalf of the believer. In other words, I believe what God said, therefore what he said is, and, and I receive it, and it shall be mine. So, so again, new creation faith is simply coming into agreement with God. It's saying what God said. It's believing what God said. It's doing the same thing that God does. Are you here? Amen. The Lord can, that's why you have to hear this word every day. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer. So we can know what he prefers. So if I'm not in this word, I will have no idea what God prefers. As a matter of fact, I, can't lay, I cannot lay hold to a covenant right or promise if I have no idea what my rights are. Are you here? So faith 
It's having that conviction, that persuasion, those beliefs that are in birth, what? Through the hearing or the speaking and the declaring of God's word. And through hearing that, I respond. My belief comes in, man, I see it, I heard it. Guess what? Now I come into agreement with it. And if I come into agreement with it, since I am in, in agreement, what? God is pleased. And since he is pleased, not with my performance, but with my agreement, I can lay hold to what belongs to me. Again, manifestations from heaven. They're not ascertained. They're not received. Because you do good works. Do good deeds. Or let me say it this way. You don't receive blessings because you live right. Live right. You receive blessings because you believe right. Because you can live. For instance, you can live right in the sense of what you have been taught is holy. Or what you have been taught is go to, you're supposed to worship this day. You're supposed to worship that day. See, you are doing all of those things. But yet you don't and you believe that this is how I get it and you never get it because that's not how you get it. I get it because I believe, he said, even when I don't keep those things as people say I should do, I'm still justified before him. Are you with me? Who's here? What, What do you mean? See, and when you teach like this, there are those who think that you are vindicating, you are vindicating people and justifying living in any kind of way. I, I'm not even saying anything close to that. I'm saying blessings aren't procured because you think you are because you came to worship today or because you pray every day or because you know blessings are manifest because you believe because you came into agreement with what God has said. Notice Holy Spirit said that guilt, condemnation and misinformation is what keep people from receiving manifestations. See, prime example, if, if you don't receive something, well, because they said that if I do that and God's not blessing me because I did this last night. But see, now, because of that guilt, I don't believe I'm worthy to receive it. Well, he must be right because it didn't happen. It didn't happen because of what he said. It, it didn't happen because of what you believed. Yes, Are you here? So you want to hold fast to your what? To your profession. We said that word profession uh, is the Greek word homologia, which means to say the same thing, to be together with, to speak to a conclusion, to lay to rest. In other words, it's declaring a conclusion by a common confession. You declare the same thing about you, yourselves, your situation and circumstances that God has said about you. And you lay it to rest. How do I lay it to rest? By agreeing with God. God says I'm healed. 
I'm healed. God says, I'm blessed, therefore, I'm blessed. God said, I'm justified by my faith in him, therefore, I'm justified. I'm not, in anything else, I'm not going to come into agreement with it if God did not say it. That word homologia, again, this is to prove that in no shape or form am I justifying living any kind of way. Notice this word homologia, it means a collective agreement of Christians about what God loves and God hates. In other words, if God hates a certain thing, I hate it because he hates it. If God loves a certain thing, I love it because he loves it. If God desires I'll walk a certain way, watch this. I walk that way, not because I think I'm justified because I'm walking this way. I walk that way because I know I am justified. And since he walks that way, I walk that way. Who doesn't understand that? So, So listen, again, notice earlier I said when there is this in birth persuasion, it's going to be demonstrated through my actions, through my good deeds. Why? Because I'm convicted that Jesus, listen, I love because I'm persuaded that that's what Jesus, I love my enemies because Jesus, based upon his word, I'm persuaded that that's what he wants me to do. Are you here? So there's going to be what? A demonstration of me loving my enemies because of that in-birth conviction and persuasion. Just just like now with with this COVID-19. Listen, even though there has been a physical separation, if I'm wavering, listen, it has to do with my beliefs. Listen. If I'm really convinced that I'm who Jesus say I am, I'm going to live the same way if we don't come back until 2025. Why? Because my, of my convictions and persuasions. I, li- listen, I don't walk up right just because we meet a couple times a week. This is a lifestyle for me based upon my convictions, persuasions, beliefs in Jesus' faith and what he did. That's why I do it. So, so, so when services resume, you can rest assured I'm going to be there because I've been there the whole time. Now, let's look at this in-birth persuasion. We said that it is a faith that comes from who? God. In Romans, again, the three verses, and we're going to look more into these verses that we use. Romans 1.17, just to live by faith. Galatians 3.11, just to live by faith. All of these are quoted in those verses. Amen. Hebrews 10.38. There's a portion in all these verses that declares it's just to live by faith. Yes, but, we, but it's not his faith, it's his faith. Even in the Old Covenant, and I'm going to stress it again, Habakkuk 2.4 is never or should have never been interpreted as the just living by his faith. It's not the individual's faith. It's always been 
the just shall live by faith in God. But in, so in Romans 1 through literally chapter 1 through 11, the Apostle Paul, go to, let's go to Romans 12 and 3. But the first 11 chapters, the Apostle Paul, the theme that you will see running throughout those first 11 chapters, he's dealing with the justification by faith and Christian Doctrine, how believers, new creations should live. So when we get to chapter 12, after he's done laid down all this doctrine, he then says, the least that we could do, brethren, is present ourselves holy, acceptable, Unto God. That's, the, that's our reasonable service. The, the, the mere fact that you are in the new creation, the response is to live accordingly. Then he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Listen, John tells us that here's how people live in the world. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Those are the characteristics. That's how the world lives. Again, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. A, a worldly person disregards God. A person who is not born again, a person whose mind who has not been renewed by the word of God, they live based upon that culture, that worldly culture. But our faith, our trust is what? Should be in God. And, and watch this. He tells us, see, you get puffed up when you live based upon that worldly mentality. Because you are dependent on self. You credit your success to self. You credit everything that you have to success. You credit your intelligence to yourself. You credit everything that you accomplished to yourself. I did this by my own ingenuity and wisdom and creativity. God gets no credit. That's just the mentality of someone who does not have a relationship with the Lord. And he lets them know, listen, man, I've been sent to minister to you. Don't think highly more. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Now, listen. That's how worldly people think. Yes, See, they get caught up in that pride. Yes, Watch this. Notice what he says. God has given me a special gift, and that gift is why I have something to say to each one of you. Don't you think, or don't think, you are better than you really are? There's nothing wrong with thinking highly of yourself, but don't. Think more highly than you are. In other words, when you start thinking more highly than you are, you are caught up in pride. Your ego is in the way. You must see yourself just as God sees you are. Or you must see yourself just as, I'm sorry, you must see yourself just as you are. Decide what you are by the faith. God has given each of us. Decide what you realize who you are in Christ by the faith that God has given each of us. I think one translation said, uh, God has apportioned us faith. Again, we're, I'm, I'm trying to make this so 
clear that any, a, a, a child can understand. We're living, when I say his faith, the redemptive, redeeming work of Jesus. Everything that it included, I live in agreement with that. So I know that I'm holy whether I worship on Saturday, Friday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Matter of fact, he said, don't, I don't know why I'm saying this. Don't, don't let people judge you concerning new moons and Sabbaths and festivals and what you eat, what you drink. Listen, man, then Paul in Romans, he said, listen, man, look, if worshiping on Sunday, uh, uh, it, it, actually every day is holy unto the Lord. But if you choose to worship on Saturday, man, I have nothing against you. If you choose to worship on Sunday, God be glory to God. If you choose to worship on as long as whatever day you worship, you do it as holy unto the Lord. I'm good. You should be good. How did we get on that? What are we talking about? His faith. Okay. So, so we're living by what? Christ's faith. Let me show you. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Now, we just seen where this faith come from. God. Now, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. As a matter of fact, well, well let's read this first. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. The Passion Translation. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out for us. Listen, the path has already been marked out for you. Verse 2. We look away from the natural realm. And we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and leads us forward unto faith's perfection. Hold on. Who birthed? Well, my translation says he's the author and finisher of my faith. It, he certainly is. The author, the progenitor, the, the originator, the one who started it. Same thing. We look, we, in other words, we don't live based upon one, the worldly standards or by what we see. We live, th this thing has already been mapped out for us, and all I have to do is just come into agreement with the faith that Christ has in birth within me. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered his humiliation and sits exalted at the right hand of God, right hand of the throne of God. Listen, don't let what he did, don't make it be in vain because you refuse to receive what he done. That, that, listen, that was the same thing Paul was talking, one of the things when he, uh, he was dealing with those in Galatians, when he talked about not going back to the law. Let me show you something. Galatians 2, 16 through 21. Let me show you something. Watch this. 
But we know that no one is made, right? Those of you who are here, follow me. But we know that no one is made right with God by what? Following the law, keeping a bunch of demands. Keep them, but that is not what makes you right before God. It is trusting in Jesus that makes a person right. It's trusting in what he did that makes a person right with God. So we have put our faith in Christ Jesus because we want it to be made. So if you want to be made right with God, you have to put your faith in Jesus, not on you trying to be perfect. And we are right with him because we what? Trusted in Christ. Not because we followed the law. Oh, you should worship on this day. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You this. You that. No, no, no. That ain't what makes me right. What makes me right is, being, is believing what Jesus did. We Jews came to Christ to be made right with God. So it is clear that we were sinners too. <laughs> So all that didn't make any difference because we still needed Christ. Does this mean that Christ makes us sinners? No, of course not. But I would be wrong to begin teaching again those things that I gave up. Do you see that? It was the law itself that, that caused me to end my life under the law. In other words, the more I tried to keep the demands and the performances of being right, the more it killed me. Why? Because you're never satisfied when you're trying to depend on yourself to be right before God. Because you don't know if you've done enough. So if you, feel, if you don't pray an hour or an hour and a half or two, three, pray, that's all that's great. But you feel like, since I didn't pray 30 minutes, now there's guilt and condemnation over you. Verse 19, it was the law itself that caused me to end my life under the law. I died to the law so that I could what? Live for God. I have nailed, I have been nailed to the cross with Christ. Verse 20. So I am not the one living now. See, see, we keep, uh, listen guys, it's, it, no. It is Christ living in me again. When, when we live off that in-birth persuasion, look, the works, again, the demonstration is me doing like Jesus. That's why when they see us, they see him, or they should see him. Why? Because it, me, the old me, would have slapped the mess out of you. The old me would have cursed you out. The old me would have indulged in that. But since Christ lives in me, I do like he does. He, watch this, so I am not the one living now. It is Christ living in me. I still live in my body, but I live by faith in Christ or the Son of God or from the Son of God. He is the one who loved me and gave himself for me. Look at verse 21. I am not the one destroying the meaning of God's grace. If following the law is how people are made right with God, then Christ and I have to die. One translation said he died. In, if, 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 if that's what makes me right, then Christ died in vain. Listen, we're living from his faith. That's why you have to get in this word every day and exchange 
your thoughts for the thoughts of let this mind be in you. That which was, was also in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. It's Bible faith, Crystal, is that in birth persuasion from God, not worldly, carnal faith, Bible faith. It, that comes from God. Let me prove it to you. You know how you got saved? Huh? Nobody knows how they got saved. You got saved because God drew you. He drew you. Let me show you something. That's why, which again, it proves that this, this Bible faith, it has to come from him. You can't even receive salvation except God draws you. Oh, where did he get that? John 6.44. Watch this. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, giving him the desire to come to me. And I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. Now, watch this. God desires that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So if, if you are here or breathing, there will be an opportunity whereby you can respond to the conviction of Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Let me show you something. That word draw, it, it comes from the Greek word which literally means to drag, literally or figuratively, to drag. So this dragging or this drawing is a one-sided affair. In other words, God does the drawing to salvation. We who are drawn, we must resign or submit or yield in the process. So he does the, that's why he said when Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin. So, so when that conviction, when that, you, you, when you hit, when you have the opportunity, that's why when you hear it, don't harden your heart. So when you have the opportunity, that's God's way of trying to draw you. Why? Because you're not going to come on your own. We respond to his drawing, but the drawing itself is on his part. Okay? Listen, that's why we have to be students of the word. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, notice I said this brings validation to that. Bible faith, that in-birth persuasion, it comes from him. You were drawn when you, those of you, wherever you received salvation, have you heard it, wherever you were when you heard it, you know what? When you heard it, holy, that, that conviction, it, 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 it was tugging on you, and guess what? You responded. Are you here? Why does God need, I heard that, well, why does God need to draw me to salvation? I'm, I'm, 
Hold on, let me say this first. Notice, we are free moral agents. You can worship whoever you want to worship. I just choose to worship Jesus. Okay? But even in that, he gives man the opportunity to respond to him. I just responded. Watch this. You don't have to respond. You may regret it later. Well, I know you will. But why does God need to draw us to salvation? Simply put, if he didn't, you would never come to him. We would never come if God didn't pull us. Well, why do you say that? Because the natural man, listen to this, has no ability to come to God, nor does he even have the desire. The natural man has no desire to come to God because his heart is hard and his mind is darkened. The unregenerate person does not desire God and is actually, Romans 10 said that, that we were enemies. That natural man is an enemy toward God. Let me show you something in Romans 8 and 7. Watch this. Because the carnal mind is enmity. You know that word enmity in the Greek simply means hatred or hostile. That natural mind, that carnal mind is hostile toward God. It doesn't care anything about the things of God. Notice it says, but the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So just on, from that natural mind disregards God. So he has to tug on you whereby you respond. He gives you that desire and then you respond. But on your own as a, an unre, un, unrenewed individual, you are not conscious. Well, you, you care nothing. Stop yelling about the things of God. Holy Spirit convicts us. And we respond. God will awaken interest in you. And you respond. That's why when that desire, when he creates that desire within you, man, receive them. Respond to it. Are you here? Did you get that? I think I've given you enough for today. Watch this. This new creation, covenant faith. It's a faith that's in birth by God. That's why the more you hear it, the more you are, you are watch this, persuaded. The more it strengthens those convictions, those beliefs. And as a reason, in proof that you believe those in birth persuasions, there's going to be a demonstration by your deeds. That's what I want to talk about next week. I want to get into James, and, and we're going to deal with that um, being justified by works. What did he mean by that? And it's not works as if we're doing a bunch of things to be right before God, but when you are really born again, and you are living, watch this, from his faith, there's going to be a demonstration of good deeds. Why? Because 
We used to wear the bands. What would Jesus do? Well, if I'm, if I'm really persuaded of who you say he is, then my actions, guess what? My actions are what? Going to mimic, going to confirm that he is exactly who he say he is. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.